Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of On Time Hoops. I'm your host, Maya Bilton. If you listened to my last episode, then we talked a lot about March Madness, and it was about the time just uh, beginning the games, but now that I'm talking to you guys, March is over. So that just closed uh, basketball as a whole on the men's and women's side. But in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, some of the games that uh, happened, starting with the Elite Eight all the way up to the National Championship. So stick around. March uh, wrapped up basketball for the women's side as a whole. Um, It was really exciting to see all the games that went down. And before we get to talking about the this year's 2021 national championships on the women's side, uh, we're going to talk about uh, shine a light on the Elite Eight because I think that's really where it started. Some of the big, exciting games that we heard about. in the four different regions, in the Alamo region, there was uh, Stanford versus Louisville. In the Hemisphere region, it was South Carolina versus Texas. In the Riverwalk region, it was Yukon versus Baylor. In the Maricado region, it was Indiana versus Arizona. And uh, I want to begin by talking about this Arizona team. Uh, very doubted. They were the three seed coming into this region, and they're being led by point guard um, Ari McDonald. Ari McDonald uh, was the Pac-12 player of the year. Uh, her ability to score the ball as well as uh, be a pest on defense just really helped the Arizona team uh, make their way into into the Final Four. And uh, this game, either way, Indiana or Arizona victory uh, would have made history because both these teams uh, busted brackets when NC State, uh, lost, the number one seeded team, lost early in that um, in the early rounds. Uh, either one of these teams winning that game would have set history for being in the Final Four for the first time and having a chance to really compete for a national uh, championship. I really pointed out uh, Ari McDonald because she just really took the tournament by storm. Her uh, small and mightiness didn't um, affect the way she played because she's such a big player on the floor. Uh, this Indiana versus Arizona game, she played 38 minutes with, ended up with 33 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists uh, to put her team on top. And the second leading scorer, I can't forget to talk about Trini Baptiste uh, for for them. Uh, she played 38 minutes as well, 10 rebounds, 12 points. But Ari, Mc, Ari McDonald really got this team uh, going. And uh, Adia Barnes and her have just this great relationship. And you can just see it um, just watching the games. Uh, that she's a true-led uh, point guard that just really gets her team going. And... I can say that's really some of the reasons why uh, they've got that far in the tournament. And now in the Alamo region, you had uh, competing for that uh, spot in the Final Four. We had Louisville versus the Stanford Cardinals, which were ranked number one overall um, in the nation coming into this tournament. Um, Louisville was looking for the upset, and they were almost had it, but they were outscored by uh, Stanford in the second half, 52-25. to 25. Um, Everybody was tuned in for that game, just looking for uh, 
Stanford to get beat because they were just going on a power trip, having 15, having won 15 games and playing on the road nonstop. Um, considering COVID reasons, they weren't allowed to play in their uh, hometown and uh, they were on the rain. They were on the road, just playing games back to back, not going home, like packing. I just couldn't imagine being on the road for that long, being a basketball player myself, but uh, ultimately, Stanford won that game, uh, beating them 78-63. to Some of the leading scorers in that game was uh, junior guard Lexi Hole. And uh, what is interesting is that she actually has a twin sister on the team. Uh, that's pretty good, too. Uh, but she ended up with 21 points and 9 rebounds. And uh, sophomores off the bench also stepped up. Uh, Ashton uh, Prechtel added 16 points and... Uh, for the Louisville side, uh, Dana Evans led all the scores, having 24 points. Um, I was personally going for Louisville in this game because uh, I didn't want to see my South Carolina Gamecocks face Stanford, but we did anyways. Um, but what's interesting is that the Stanford, what I like about the Stanford team is that they don't stop playing. They didn't. They had so many, uh, so much adversity hit them throughout the season that. They just didn't want to give up, and it showed. Um, they overcame a 12-point deficit during halftime, and I was generally happy to see them after everything they'd been through uh, punch their ticket to the Final Four. Now, in the Hemisphere region, we had my number one favorite team, South Carolina Gamecocks, facing the Texas Longhorns. Um, and what can I say? The South Carolina team played like a number one seeded team. They came ready, and they showed up. Um, each time Texas tried to do literally anything, South Carolina had a, a better plan and they had a better execution and their defense was just phenomenal. Um, they be, ended up beating Texas 62 to 34 and they even set history, um, uh, in the NCAA, uh, in the fourth quarter, they let Texas literally scoreless, uh. They didn't score at all, which was which is why I say that their defense was just phenomenal. Um, and the uh, I actually read that Texas didn't score over the final uh, twelve. It was twelve minutes and thirty seconds of the game. They led Texas scores, which is just crazy to me. And I just want to say congratulations, congratulations to uh, South Carolina for that. Um, it just proves that. Uh, they're a fighting, a hard fighting team too, as well, and they're not to be messed with. Um, also, in that game, I just want to uh, say that Zaya Cook, who was also part of the All Tournament team, and uh, she led all scores with 16 points and six rebounds, uh, following three assists. Uh, guard Destiny Henderson had 12 points at a team high of seven assists. Uh, she was also two from three from range, and I'm, I'm going to say that now because um, in the future games, uh, she uh, really stepped up for uh, South Carolina when uh, they was uh, really tackling other predominant players on the team. She really stepped up. Uh, Victoria Sastet had 12 points and eight rebounds. Aaliyah Boston was uh, only had 10 points and uh, eight rebounds, which is not normal for her, but... All those players were in double figures, and that just tells you that uh, they just came to play, and they were just ready. And I'm 
was so happy to see them punch another uh, Final Four. I think that was the sixth one in the past eight years. So um, I was so excited for them considering they're my favorite team. I think I saved the last Elite Eight game um, for best because uh, this Riverwalk region game between uh, UConn and Baylor was one for the books for sure. Uh, so many people tuned into this game, men from the men's and women's side. I'd say this was one of the best games by far this season. Um, these two teams were initially supposed to uh, meet during the uh, earlier seasons, but it was canceled due to COVID. Um, but they sure would no doubt delivered uh, a great performance. The Huskies ended up winning. Uh, 69 to 67 but we're gonna go into a little bit more detail behind this game because it was so much uh, great talent uh, shown on the court during this game but it was also a little bit of controversy with some of the um, last plays of the game so I talked a little bit about Paige Beckers in my last episode but I feel like I didn't give her enough justice because this freshman um, just crowned AP National Player of the Year, uh, does it all for UConn. And she um, uh, was able to bring them back in this game after being down uh, 10 points in the third quarter, which is something that we wouldn't hear um, co hear about coming from UConn. Um, uh, she, the past game when she played against uh, the freshman Caitlin Clark, uh, she kind of slowed down, didn't really give everybody the performance that uh, they were looking for, but she definitely proved herself in this game. Um, she was able to lead the Huskies back in a great run. Um, missing her last five shots, but she ended up with uh, 28 points and also had the game-winning steal. Um, UConn did a great job, but I also want to flip the page on Baylor and talk about the grad transfer uh, Dijanae Carrington. She just came out of the gates doing everything she needed to do for Baylor to secure this Elite Eight win. Um, she was a monster on the boards and just was, she and Paige uh, matched up and she was actually defending Paige. So if that gives you a little, uh, towards the end, that gives you a little, uh, sneak peek into what uh, her defensive play is like after Paige missed those last five shots that she took. Um, but she ended up uh, with 20 points, seven boards, and three assists, two steals in their uh, heartbreaking loss. Um, what really turned the game around was UConn's 19-0 run after 6-2 uh, guard uh, D.D. Richards was injured uh, for Baylor and let me talk about Dee Dee Richards for a second because she was uh, 2020's National Defensive Player of the Year as well as the Big 12 Player, Defensive Player of the Year, and named to the Big 12 All-Defensive Team. Also being Defensive Player of the Year for the WBCA. Um, DC, Dee Dee also uh, 
sustained a spinal cord injury that left her paralyzed earlier in the season and uh, just her ability to come back and still be able to play as hard as she did during this Elite Eight and the whole tournament and season. Uh, I just want to applaud her for that because uh, it was really heartbreaking to watch videos of her uh, just learn how to try to walk again and let alone be able to run up and down the floor and compete with these amazing athletes. But uh, a knee injury, I think it was a when she stepped wrong to go up for a layup, uh, uh, left her to um, have to be forced to take out the game, uh, taking out the game, and that just really hurt Baylor because uh, she was a very strong defensive force uh, during this game because she was guarding Paige Beckers and. Like I said, Paige just decided to turn up and took uh took advantage of DDB not having that long six two guard um on her and took advantage and uh they were able to go on to a nineteen and oh one. Um but what really came down to uh the what I'm talking about, the controversy that happened at the end of the game, um Baylor had the ball, and uh, of course they let it be in uh, Dijonay uh, Carrington's hands because she's been such a force for them during that game. Uh, she was met by three Baylor defend, uh, three UConn defenders, uh, defenders excuse me, and uh, she was uh, going up for a layup, and it just seemed as though one girl hit her in her head, and uh, there was supposed to be a foul call, and there was no foul made, so uh, Baylor ended up. Uh, Winning the game, uh, I mean, UConn ended up winning the game off of that one play, uh, defensive play that they had, which uh, many say was a foul, but uh, refs could not uh, go back and look at it because the decision was already made. And uh, that ultimately could have been the game changer. Uh, DD could, I mean, uh, DeJanae could have definitely went to the free throw line and made those two free throws, and Baylor could have uh, ended up tying the game. But... Uh, that's what made uh, a lot of controversy and talk about this game uh, really serious. Uh, but in my opinion, I think it was a foul. Uh, I can't argue across the TV, but definitely I'd say it was a foul. And if things were different, I think Baylor definitely would have took that overtime win. Now, after this Baylor versus UConn game, uh, uh, Baylor's Dijanae Carrington and Coach Kim Mulkey had a uh, just talk about uh, in their post game in their uh, post game press conference about how the last shot uh, how they felt about the last shot and and whether or not it was a foul or not and I just want you guys to uh, just listen to what the head coach has to say. When Dijanae drove the ball from where you were standing, what did you see? I was surprised they didn't call a foul. Then write it like that. You don't need a quote from me. I've got steel shots and video from two angles. One kid hits her in the face and one kid hits her on the elbow. You can just tell by that video uh, from just hearing about it. Uh, that coach was very upset and I'm sure many people were uh, upset just watching the game. Even a few celebrities decided to, ch uh, to chime in on their opinion. Uh, LeBron James even thought it was a foul. So if LeBron James thinks it's a foul, then it might be a foul. So either way, uh, Stanford, UConn, South Carolina, and Arizona all advanced to the Final Four uh, with matchups between Stanford and South Carolina, which was a, another controversial game. Uh, South Carolina came out strong in the first quarter and 
were uh, being stand for him. It looks like it was just going to be a straight uh, blowout for uh, South Carolina. But, uh, of course, Stanford, being the team that they are, they picked it up and uh, ended up being a very close game. The Stanford Cardinals can really thank Haley Jones for uh, being a big help in that win against uh, USC in the Final Four. Uh, she led the Stanford Cardinals with 24 points and was went 11 of 14 from the field. Um, she even uh, got the game-winning basket with 32 seconds left on the clock after Destiny Henderson hit the three-pointer to put USC up by one point. I was saying in the beginning that this uh, game was a little bit controversial too because it was another missed call um, uh, with Zaya Cook and one of the whole sisters, which were which I said earlier were twins. Uh, it was a kickball situation that that was missed that actually led into a, a two point basket fast break for the Stanford Cardinals, which put them up um, before Destiny Henderson's uh, three point uh, basket. They even played it in slow motion. It was definitely a kickball. They definitely missed it. This could have been a really good, uh, this could have been a big game changer in this game, uh, considering that the uh, USC only lost by one point, which is really sad. Um, the score was 66 to 65. Um, but the Game Cross actually had a chance to win it at the very end. Uh, they got a, they were able to get a steal. Uh, from Brie Bill made the steal and she took it all the way. Brie Bill, she ended up missing the layup. It was kind of like a floater, like she should have put it up with her left hand, but she ended up putting it up with her right, kind of fading away from the basket and missed it. But Aaliyah Boston ended up getting the uh, rebound and uh, attempting to do a putback, but it just hit the back of the rim and just hopped right out. And the time expired, and the Cardinals were able to advance to the championship it was just really sad to see uh great players just go out like that um it was a great game and i just hate that it had to come down to that especially Aaliyah boston having to uh make that last shot uh it was kind of sad because uh the cameras were just zooming in on her crying it, it was just not a good time to be a gamecock at that time at that point but Don was upset, you know, everybody was upset, but uh, they both played a great game, and I got to give it to Stanford, but I can't help but think that that possible kickball situation just could have made the game, but uh, Stanford played a great game. Um, we definitely could have uh, changed up the way we did some things, uh, better guarding Haley Jones because she just totally went off, uh, especially getting that last uh, rebound and uh, – making that jumper in the corner, uh, I have to give it to them. On the other side, we had the Yukon uh, Huskies and the Arizona Wildcats competing. And I know uh, probably most people weren't really tuned into this game because they just figured that the Yukon Huskies were just going to take, uh, uh, just going to beat the number three seeded uh, Arizona, who really wasn't picked uh, to even come this far, especially in the final four. But they ended up upsetting them 69 to 59. 10 points. 10 points to the Yukon Huskies in the, uh, in the final four. Um, they came in as in the national semifinal as the 14-point underdogs and advanced to their first ever national championship. I just want to say congratulations to the Arizona Wildcats because they really did that. I just want to applaud this Arizona team uh, defense because it's gotten them 
this far in in the tournament and all the wins that they've had this season. But again, Ari McDonald just helped win their uh, lead their team to this uh, upset victory with 26 points and seven rebounds. And without her, uh, they wouldn't win that game. Uh, she's truly a leader for them, like I said earlier. And all their defense and all the other players, they just pitch in and just with their hard work and their effort, it's just a perfect team that uh, Adia has uh, produced. It was really um, interesting to, uh, that they said it uh, after UConn took their loss to Arizona. Um, these past years that uh, UConn has been getting beat in the Final Four the past three or four years. And after the game, uh, Gino also had a few words to say about his team saying that they are a little bit immature and they're they're young and uh, with the people he's got coming in next year and the freshmen and returning Paige Beckers um he's definitely got some work uh, cut out for him and I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing his team back in the national championship soon I guarantee you that nobody expected Stanford versus Arizona in this women's uh, national championship game. And it was, they definitely gave a show and it was definitely one to watch. Um, both teams had uh, something to be fighting for. Uh, the Stanford Cardinals hadn't won a national championship in over, uh, I think it was about. The last time they won was about 1992, and Arizona was looking to uh, win their first national championship. Um, this game was very exciting. I know a lot of people expect this uh, number one ranked overall Stanford to just come out and just demolish Arizona, but Arizona was not letting that happen. They just completely uh, stayed with everything that Stanford was giving them. Um, Haley Jones and Ari McDonald definitely... Uh, gave the world a show. Uh, Hay Jones ended up with 17 points and Ari McDonald ended up with 22 points. Both of these girls went head-to-head -head and just played with their hearts out, but unfortunately, uh, Arizona ended up losing 53-54. Uh, to 54. Ari did take the uh, last shot of the game, but ended up missing it. Just broke my heart just to see her sit there on the ground after uh just playing so hard this whole entire tournament I just wish I was actually going for Arizona I just wish because they were the underdogs I'm always gonna go for the underdogs and uh considering that Stanford it should have been USC instead of Stanford so that's how I feel but um in that last play for sure uh Stanford knew that they were going to go for Ari McDonald in that situation they were down I think yeah they were down a point so um even a two would have uh, put them up, but uh, she decided to go for the three. And you can even see, I think it was Baptiste in the corner who was wide open because Ari definitely had like three people on her. So I don't know if it was because of her height she couldn't see. Um, it was just all those tall guards on her. But um, I did see everybody pretty much saw Baptiste open up the basket. So it was just heartbreaking to be in then. The shot was almost there, literally. It was uh, it clanked right off the back of the rim, but uh, Sanford ended up taking the win, and they are your new 2021 National Women's Championship uh, champions. Sorry. And uh, it was good to see them win also because, like I said earlier, they had to go through a lot of adversity, be it on the road for so long, and 
uh, not winning the championship in those uh, years. And uh, even their head coach, Tara Davis, uh, being the uh, women's head coach for uh, Stanford Cardinals for a few years now, uh, has now become the most winningest coach in uh, women's basketball history, passing Pat Summit. So it's just been a great year for Stanford. And I just want to congratulate them on uh, everything that that they achieved. That's they're a hardworking team, uh, great athletes, and um, I'm excited to see what they bring next year as well. Before we close out this episode, um, I just want to have a disclaimer that although the women there was um, some controversy between the women's and men's uh, tournament and the way they've been. Uh, their facilities and the way they've just been fed and everything about the weight room situation, about the girls just having one rack of weights and just some yoga mats. I just want to say that um, uh, CBS saw 14% decline in viewers for the NCAA men's basketball tournament this year, while the ratings for women's uh, actually grew. And I I just love to see that. because women are important. Like women's games are just as uh, exciting to watch, even though uh, we're not dunking or uh, we don't get the fancy gear or any of that. We're still working hard. Um, the championship game on Sunday averaged four million viewers in its most watched women's title game since 2014. So, don't sleep on women's sports. And uh, that's why I want to close out this week's episode. Hope to see you next time.